Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You have offended this podcast and you have offended the entire movie making community. First lady. I'm sorry I pimp slapped you into that China cabinet. And welcome back once again to You Have Offended This Podcast, where we look at old martial arts movies, new martial arts movies, basically all the martial arts movies you got. I'm one of your hosts, Mike McCarran. With me, as always, is the guy who can break the third brick down in a stack of five with just his cheap power, Chad Lindsay. What's up, buddy? How's it going, eh? I'm good, brother. <laughs> Gonna try and shake up the thing. I can't do the whole, you know, show enough every time. <laughs> All right, so this week, dude, I'm super excited because, like we said in our last episode, I hadn't seen this movie before, and holy shit, this is legit one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. I laughed my ass off well, at Black Dynamite. Yeah, like, part of me was pissed at you for not seeing it, but part of me was jealous because you hadn't seen it before, <laughs> and that is what's so incredible about this film is it's an example of a, of a perfectly executed film. Like everything hits in this movie. Every, it really does. This movie just is a 10 out of 10. It's one of my favorites of all time. I've seen it a million times. Um, I it's, it's, it's one of those ones when I'm just kind of hanging out at the house and I've got stuff to do. I just put it on the background while I do my stuff. Just it's the most quotable movie uh, of the post two thousands. Oh, 100%. When you go through it, like we were chatting earlier, and like, there's so many quotes, you don't even, you can't get them all the first viewing. You just no, can't. You can't. You're laughing too hard. Yeah, like the first time you saw it, I started naming stuff, and you're like, ah, I must have missed that. Just because, like, you are cracking <laughs> up, and, you know, while you're cracking up, you miss, like, so much. And the thing that's so great about this film is that, yes, there's a lot of stuff that's, like, in your face, like, really great comedy or really great action or really great martial arts or huge titties in the doctor's office. Like that's the <laughs> stuff that, that stands out. But this film uh, runs on another layer of subtlety that uh, just really, really drives it home. So, you know, on that second viewing, third viewing, fourth viewing, you're always picking up new stuff. And that's what makes this just, just a gold star of a film. Oh, dude, it's money. Every It's almost like, I kind of almost equate it to Fight Club, but better. Because Fight Club, you keep picking up little stuff like, oh my God, I didn't see him carrying those files. Or, yes. you know, oh, he flashes up like that. Like, every time you watch it for the first probably five or six times, you're picking up new stuff. Yes. Same thing with this. Same, th only better. Like, I find this one's even better. Because all the little stuff just delves you deeper into this kind of world within a world. Because it's such a you know, a fake black exploitation movie made in 2009. So all the people who are in it are actually playing actors who are playing people in the movie. <laughs> so there's yeah, like that's... this weird inception level shit that's going on that you got to kind of be hip to. Yeah. It's, uh, Oh, it's, it's amazing. And, and like you said, those subtle jokes are just as good or better than the the main ones right because those hit those some of those subtle jokes hit me like twice as hard as some of the the overt <laughs> humor which yeah. i thought was amazing but 
yeah, let's let's get into it because this is uh yeah, this is this is the gold standard of I wouldn't even call it a parody or a satire. It's a, it's an homage like like it's got so much from other black exploitation films just like baked into it that you don't even notice. You know what I mean? Like yes. if you're watching yeah. some of those satire movies now, I don't even know what the fuck like you know, like superhero movie or fucking meet the Spartans or all that stuff. Like that yeah. stuff is, I, I don't know. I just think that's just kind of lazy bullshit, but this, this is done so well that, you know, it would be hard pressed to, to, in in some cases, somebody may watch this and not even know it's a parody. If that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, a hundred percent. I think that's right on the money. Like if you don't, if you aren't sort of in on the thing that this is in 2009, you might look at this and be like, when the fuck was this made? Like, this is, yeah. this is like a 1970s bullshit. What the fuck is happening right now? You wouldn't even know because of the way they film it and the film that they use or whatever, however they did it to make it look that cool aged seventies kind of thing. Yes. And just, you don't even know what the fuck is going on really, unless you're kind of into it. Um, that's, that's yes. Okay. So let's, great. let's dive in. Um, so again, 2009, this, this movie cost $2.9 million to make. Uh, box office was two hundred and ninety six million dollars. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it it didn't do badly for the budget. It did actually very very well, but it was sort of technically, I guess, at the time, a bomb. Uh, like the other movies with that we've talked about, like um, uh, Best of the Best, for example. Yes. This kind of made up for it with DVD and Blu-ray and stuff like that. I well, think that's, that's where thing. it really like, caught fire, like, and people. Yeah, really I don't. I think the marketing really screwed up on this because I didn't even know about this yes. until later. Like my wife saw this at a store and bought me the Blu-ray, not even knowing what it was, because she thought, "Oh, Chad, <laughs> really?" Like you know, it's like <laughs> black guy standing on the cover holding a gun with a, you know, white woman and a black woman hugging his leg. She's like, "Oh yeah, my husband would love this shit." She was well, she's like, got you nailed down anyway. She got oh yeah, she knows me well. She's like, "Here, check this out," and I was like, "Yeah." What a wonderful gift. So <laughs> how'd you know? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know. That's that's the level that she's on. <laughs> she's playing 3D chess with movies. Yeah, man. No, no, she nailed it. And I was just like, man, this is the shit. That is awesome. All right. So movie opens. We get an ad for Anaconda malt liquor. Leads right into the scene where unfortunately. A gentleman gets killed. We learn out later it's Jimmy by a suspicious figure. Well, with some henchmen. Black Dynamite shows up. He goes to Nipsey to get some money. Shows up at Honeybee's house and learns that her nephew has OD'd. Black Dynamite swears to fight. He Where goes into training. Funky and what has he had? <laughs> and what has he had? That... He goes into training. He beats up five guys. Um, then he gets a phone call from his aunt Billy telling him that his brother Jimmy is dead. I, okay. I, I have to go back to... Please, jump all the way back to Bucky, the beginning. <laughs> where is Bucky and what has he had? Just because that is that is a line right at a... That, like a legit line lifted straight from Disco Godfather. Um, oh. Where he's in... Rudy Ray Moore, he's in the He's in the disco and he's just like... He's like, where is Bucky and what has he had? That's a legit line from the film. That's word for word. Yeah. And then he's like, call 911. Get an ambulance and let them know what he has had. Like, what? It's so has, good. What he has had. Uh, anyway, I say that all the time, and nobody knows what the fuck I'm talking about. That's 
This movie is one of those movies where you can say a quote from it at a party or some shit like that or at a restaurant and you'll get like one person like three tables away kind of turn their head and look at you and catch your eye and you kind of nod like yeah and you know you're going to be friends. Yes, yes. Like immediately like this is a friend movie where you just know like oh this motherfucker's in on it like (laughs) you know because everybody else is looking like what is what's happening why is this funny like this isn't funny what are you talking about. And you guys are killing yourselves in the corner, right? <laughs> exactly. One of those movies. Oh my god, it's so. so where good. do we start? Do you want to start with Aunt Billy? What do you like? Oh Jesus, dude! Like, like this is an impossible one to do because, like, this could end up in a <laughs> four-hour podcast because it's just right? jammed. But I mean, when Aunt Billy calls him, oh my Jesus! First of all, okay, let me just back up because right. when he shows up at Honeybees and she says. They changed the bearings in your nunchucks yeah. and they left them on your desk. <laughs> and he's got like an a fucking office in this building. Like, what does he do? <laughs> he's got an office with hose everywhere. And they rest he rescued hose or something. Like <laughs> Yeah, he's a pimp. He's a he's a pimp. He keeps his hose all happy. They all love him. And he's got his nunchucks with the bearings changed out. <laughs> yeah. When she said I changed the bearings on your nunchucks, I died. Oh, like, I, I was die. such a good move or such a good line. And then she's like, she wants to get his attention. And she's like, they get that close up on her face where there's a tear, but then there's not a tear, but then there's exactly. a tear, but then there's yeah. not a tear. <laughs> like, again, they did that on purpose. And it's so good. Like when you realize that that's the shit they're doing on purpose. Yeah. Oh my God. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's so awesome. So then, like you said, um, honeybee tells black dynamite that her little nephew is od black dynamite (laughs) and then he this is where you get that incredible scene where he stands up and vows to fight but the fucking boom mic's shot shot. (laughs) and he looks up at it like he's pissed but he keeps going with his speech (laughs) but that's the thing like when they did those films those black (laughs) films that that literally (laughs) saved hollywood hollywood was about to go bankrupt they were they were they were making money ass over fucking fist with these black exploitation films, but yep. the budget that they gave these films was so small that they they're shot on film. It's not like today where we shoot on digital, and they didn't have a chance to do second takes, so they just had to fucking roll with it. So when yep. he's when he's just like I'm going to like he stands up out of frame, and then the camera <laughs> to him. has to pan up to keep him in. And then they pan up and the boom mic's there. And just the fact that Michael Jai White, credit to him, like he just keeps glancing up to the microphone um, and continues. Like annoyed. Yeah. Annoyed just like, but he can't yell cut. He's like, oh, fuck, the boom mic's in the shot because they didn't have the money to do another take. So that's what makes it so beautiful is it's so, it's so real. It's amazing. A hundred percent credit to Michael Jai White because, I mean, Think about the depth of the acting there where he's trying to play Black Dynamite, but he's trying to play Black Dynamite, who's an actor, oh, no, yeah. who's he's a playing, football player. He's playing who's... Jones. Like, Michael yeah, Jai right? playing Ferrante <laughs> Jones, who is a running back for the Baltimore Colts. <laughs> like, very much like a Jim Brown character. So, uh, yes, Michael yeah. Jai White is playing Ferrante Jones, playing Black Dynamite in a 1970s <laughs> black exploitation film. And they just yes. nailed everything. It's so amazing how they did it. It's a good acting. I always, when I, when I watched this and I saw that and I, I it immediately made me think of that. Um, there's a, there's a voice acting movie that it's a documentary and Hank Azaria is talking about Mel Blanc 
And oh, he's, talking, and he's about, talking about Mel Blanc, Daffy Duck playing Bugs and Bugs playing Yes, when Daffy. he's going back and forth with Rabbit Season, Duck Season and all that stuff. And he's yeah. saying how Mel Blanc is doing the voice of Daffy Duck, but Daffy Duck is doing an impression of Bugs. Yes. And then he goes back to Bugs, who's doing an impression of Daffy and how crazy talented that is. Yes. Like, it's that level of acting. Yes, where he's three levels deep, right? It's really impressive. And he pulls it off perfectly. It's, yeah. it's so Flawlessly. good. So he swears to fight and they cut to this training scene where he's beating up his five training partners in his house and he's fucking these dudes up. First of all, first of all, his body is like 10 out of 10. Dude is in oh. wicked shape. He always has been. But Oh my God. He looks good. I watched, I listened to a martial arts podcast called, um, uh, the co-main event podcast. And they have a saying for guys that look good. They just say he looks good getting off the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Michael Jai White looks good getting off the bus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Michael Jai White is the bus, right? So, <laughs> he is the fucking bus. <laughs> the thing I loved about that fight scene is how they just focused on that one guy on the floor. Oh, it's that so was- good, dude. <laughs> and then, and then like all the action is happening like stage right, and then the guy yeah. runs left, and Black Dynamite is just standing there. He's right there, down at him. Like he didn't cross frame at all. Like. Man, like just, and that's early in the film, and I was just like, okay, this is this is a masterpiece already. Yeah, you're yeah. probably twelve minutes in, and oh, and I'm dying laughing. Yes. I'm fucking, di- I'm holding my stomach legitimately because, like you said, Black Dynamite's on stage left. Guy crouches down, focuses on the guy on the ground. Dudes go flying. <laughs> he gets up to run stage right, and Black yes. Dynamite's right in front of him again. Exactly. I love- <laughs> I got my left and right oh. mixed up, but yes, that was, oh. uh, that was, that was an awesome <laughs> thing. And then it's just interrupted by Aunt Billy's uh, telephone call. Right and, after, he gives a really nice homage to the Bruce Lee stomp from Enter the Dragon. Yes, he does. I'm where sorry. he flips that dude over and then is, what? Does that yeah. stomp down on the dude? And it's right out of Enter the Dragon. It's perfect. Yeah. But right then, after yes. That, that, right after that, he runs over and he's going to just, like, break a bunch of bricks. And then... Interrupted my kung fu. <laughs> and credit to the oh, actor fuck. who played Aunt Billy because she was. Oh just my like, god, it's she was perfect. Dynamite! It's your brother Jimmy. He's dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> that fucking burst into crying yeah. is so good. So bad. <laughs> oh, it's so perfect though. It's amazing. <laughs> Holy fuck. So yeah, that was perfect. Out, he finds out his brother Jimmy is dead. Finds out his brother Jimmy's dead. Okay, so that kind of wraps up the first part. Um, then we get a series of flashbacks or a couple flashbacks with BD, Black Dynamite, and Jimmy, um, which ends up at Jimmy's funeral where the CIA I, shows up. I, I have to cut you off. I'm so sorry. I'm going to do this, uh, the entirety of this. Do when it up. They do the cutback, and there's two different actors playing <laughs> Black Dynamite <laughs> and Jimmy. Yes. <laughs> and he makes that statement of exposition where he's like i am 16 year old jimmy and you are 18 year old black dynamite like like who the fuck says i am 16 year like who refers to their in that way like again like and i I love that everybody in the movie from himself to his aunt to his mother all call him black dynamite (laughs) Dynamite. 
<laughs> and she does it with a legit straight face. Oh, there's, there's no nod at all. Like, there's no nod that this is in any way not his fucking name. No, there's no wink <laughs> to the audience at all. She's like, Black Dynamite. <laughs> Promise me you'll take care of your brother Jimmy and that he doesn't end up on drugs. <laughs> like, almost word for word for what Aunt Billy says. Like, I thought you promised your mama on her deathbed. <laughs> like, <laughs> amazing. The delivery is so Oh my God, it's so good. And we then cut to Black Dynamite's house with the giant bear statue, and he's holding a fucking 88 Magnum which was Joe Piscopo's from Johnny Dangerously or some Johnny shit. <laughs> yeah, it shoots through schools. And then the CIA shows up and they kind of pull him back into the life. Do you want to talk about this for a second before we move on? Because this scene's fucking awesome. <laughs> this scene is one of the best. Well, it's all gold, man. But when when Black Dynamite's in his house and the yep. CIA comes in and Black Dynamite takes Has the Nom flashback. <laughs> He take well first he takes a stuffed bear and puts it in a chair oh, in yeah. the newspaper. <laughs> which fools the CIA. Which is the old pie on the windowsill the trick. The old pie on the windowsill trick. BD did this back in Nam. Um <laughs> which was incredible. I loved O'Leary. And then O'Leary's fantastic. You talk about the Vietnam flashback, but I will say that the other thing that is so great about this film is the fact that you know there was no script doctor or nobody actually read through and edited the script because of the line where he says, uh, I know I was the best CIA agent that the CIA ever had, but I thought I told you honkies from the CIA. Like He, he, he says, says CIA, CIA three CIA times three in an time. eight-second run. Yeah. So, again, that that is that is them taking from those incredible exploitation films all the mistakes they made and just kind of baking them down into this film, which was, uh, I, I just really appreciated it. I, I, I just felt like they really worked hard on this and you know, it was, it was almost like they made the movie for me or for people like me that enjoy this stuff. Oh, absolutely. You can tell that they have watched and are very tight with, with people who were in those movies, like all the way back to like, if you look back to sort of the start of kind of the black exploitation whole era, there's a couple movies from 70. There's three or four from 70. But the two that really kicked it off, number one was Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. Badass Song, yeah. Yeah. Mario Van Peoples' dad, Melvin. 100, 100%, right? Melvin Van Peoples. Which led directly into them recasting Shaft as Richard Roundtree and putting a black dude in the lead and making that Shaft. So those two films like really kind of jumped it off and then flew to just flowed into everything else that that's, that came after that all the way through, hopefully what we'll do very soon, Black Belt Jones and everything else that came with that, right? Like you said, all the Dolomite films. and I started watching, uh, it started for me with Bruce Lee and I watched yeah. all the Bruce Lee films. And then when I got Enter, Enter the Dragon, I, I really, really liked uh, Williams, yeah. who went on to be in uh, Black Belt Jones. So I watched Black Belt Jones and that kind of interested introduced me to black exploitation films because i watched that one then started watching shaft and started watching all these other films and it just kind of was a natural progression for me to go from martial arts to black exploitation films so you know yeah. that's why i think this yeah, film, there's a real smooth line there yeah this film this film does it and honestly like a lot of the not all but a lot of the uh martial arts in the black exploitation films was absolute 
garbage. Yes. Because nobody could fight. They were just like, if you watch Dolomite, yeah. you know, they're just like. Rudy Ray Moore is not a fisticuff, man. <laughs> they know martial arts. But this one, the martial arts is is excellent because, you know, Michael. Well, Michael Jai White's the stud. I mean, he's awesome. But they also kind of pay homage to that nut, can't fight with characters like Bullhorn. Like Bullhorn. Oh, my fuck. Like yeah. Bullhorn we'll, we'll is amazing. I, I know this is going to be hard to to follow the flow, but let's continue with the flow from the funeral and we'll get to we'll get to Bullhorn. Yeah. Well, he's coming up next because right after the CIA shows up at uh, Black Dynamite's house and they go through the whole nom flashback, which is fucking hysterical. That is. It's hysterical. It's legitimately one of the best scenes in the movie for me. Because he starts talking about back in Nam, you know, we raided that village. It was a massacre. And then he starts talking about this little kid. This one child I'll never forget. Poor little bastard was still alive. Little Chinese legs were blown clean off. Still see his little shins and feet hanging from the ceiling fan across the hut. He was charred from his head down to his little Chinese knees. He tried to get up. But he fell over when what was left of his right leg broke off. And he's calling him Chinese for like nine times. Yes. <laughs> but he's clearly Vietnamese. But then he's like trying to be sympathetic to this little kid. And he says something like horrific that would be passable in the 70s where he's like. He said something to me in Chinese. Like, what was how? Sounds like some cartoon shit. But I understood it to be a question that he was asking me. And I don't have to know how to speak Chinese to know what that question was. Why, Black Dynamite? Why? Do you know what's actually hilarious? Because I, <laughs> I, I watched the Blu-ray and watched the DVD commentary. Someone like, Buko Sao! Sounded like some <laughs> bullshit. But, but that's actually the word for bullshit. Right. Oh no, really? Yeah. I didn't that's, know that. That's that Michael awesome. Jai White actually worked into the script. That actually means <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> so anyway. That's hilarious. I didn't know that. That's amazing. But I understood it to be a question. I understood why Black Dynamite? Why? <laughs> but when he's just describing him. He's projecting like, he's projecting on this Vietnamese kid that he's calling him Black Dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> Which like, is so awesome. Yeah. But his, his, his legs were on the on the ceiling fan on the other side of the hut. And then and he like, fell over when the rest of his right leg fell off. When what was left of his right leg broke off. Like, he's so serious oh in that God. scene. And it's so ridiculous. And, you know, then it just cuts oh. back to O'Leary. Well, we're a long way from Nam. Yeah, I know. He just wraps it up like nothing. But then... We get the introduction because Black Dynamite then goes to Jerry's Flying Fox to meet up because he needs to get his crew together. So he meets up with Bullhorn. And this is, where we, this is where we get the introduction of Bullhorn at the club. I don't give a shit. Bullhorn is probably the best sidekick. <laughs> oh, my any, God. Like, Bullhorn <laughs> to Black Dynamite is incredible. Like, better than Haji to Johnny Quest. Like, oh, Bullhorn, Bullhorn is absolutely amazing in this. We talked last week about the introduction of characters with Tong Po and how the introduction of Tong Po and Kickboxer was so epic. Dude, when they show Bullhorn initially sitting up there and the woman comes up behind him and can I get you anything, Bullhorn? He goes, yes, I would like some of that ass. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the best opening lines I've ever heard. It's so good. Yo, <laughs> and then he stands up. Well, I'm trying to plant my 
Dynamite! <laughs> Main man, Black Dynamite. Oh, oh it was, it was so good. So that introduction's good. money. Oh, so then they start talking. Oh my god, it's so good. So they get the introduction to Bullhorn, and they kind of sort out that they're going to hang out together. And then Black Dynamite has to go after this dude named Creamed Corn. So they go to the. <laughs> and speaking of good introductions, <laughs> Creamed Corn at the hair salon. <laughs> he has to run out. Black Dynamite ends up chasing Cream Corn and hanging off a building, and Cream Corn tells him that he has to go to the pool hall to meet with some of these other dudes. And this is where Black Dynamite shows up at the pool hall and meets up with the crew of Chicago Wind. So Dude, let's pause is, here and talk for just a is, second about Chicago Wind. This is Wind. a high point. I know that before we do this <laughs> podcast, we're like, we're going to have to try to move it along, and people are probably listening and like saying, you're skipping some stuff. But I mean, like, I, I legitimately said that we would make, we, we would talk about this for four hours. It's such a good film. I know, right? <laughs> and like, the- I, I put oh, in, the, in the thing, like, we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. It's from 2009, man. Get your shit together and watch this movie first because we're going to talk about it. So suck it up. Yes, yeah, this is the guy who watched it. <laughs> Two days ago. Yesterday. <laughs> I know, right? Fuck. When they go to the hip Suck pocket, up, guys. they go to the hip pocket. There's like, okay, there's like 60 things I want to talk about in this scene. <laughs> there's so many. This scene's amazing. Firstly, when Black Dynamite shows up, you know, and they, they tell him to get out or whatever, and then he turns, you think he's leaving. He locks the door. <laughs> yeah, he there's does a the fucking dude. He locks the door and they immediately cut to outside and he throws a guy through the window. He <laughs> yep. got back to inside. The dude he threw out the window is fucking standing right standing there. there. <laughs> it's the first guy <laughs> that he fights. And again, it's just going back to the whole continuity and, and how there were so many mistakes in those films, but he puts them, and it's a fucking rough ride. Like, like oh, he throws man, that dude. The like you can tell man that hit the sidewalk. Like he yep. landed on his chest, and mm-hmm. like his legs tried to go over partially. But yes, the fact that your spine doesn't bend that way, like <laughs> like prevented it. It was almost yes. like he got injured. The sheriff on Friday the Thirteenth Part Six that got folded backwards. Like <laughs> yes, that's right. You watched that, and I was like, "Fuck!" I know he's a stunt man, but I bet you, like. I bet you he was on the Tylenol threes that night. Yeah, that shit hurt. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he puts that dude on the sidewalk. He turns around and 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 is immediately the guy that fights him. And the fight breaks out <laughs> in the hip pocket. And this fight scene was awesome. It, I'll tell you, listen, for all of the, the bullhorn, you know, choppy martial arts that are hilarious, Michael Jai White's martial arts are goddamn legit. In this movie. Oh, like he's flipping off. around. His kicks are the shit. His pun- And he rides that line of my martial arts are awesome. But then he'll hit this fucking stupid pose with one arm up and one arm down. And, and he'll, yeah. he'll hit this finishing pose. It's ridiculous. And it's hilarious. It's so funny. There's a it's a small it's a small thing. But to me, it was it was beautiful. When he pulls out the goddamn nunchucks. Yes. Oh, I know what you're going to talk about right now. I know what you're going to talk about. The shit out of them. <laughs> yeah. He tosses the nunchucks off out of He frame. drops them. Yeah. He drops he, them behind his back by accident, yeah. and they come tossed into the side by somebody fires, you don't see. But without a cut. But without a cut. <laughs> he fires off. He does a reverse fucking... He does a reverse spin kick, takes out two guys, and then the nunchucks boomerang back in and he catches them. That, yeah. I yep. was like, 
dude, get out of my head. Like <laughs> it was so good. I he's flipping them around. He's doing the Bruce Lee thing. And you can see him drop them by accident on purpose, by accident behind his back. He does that kick. And then they just get tossed in by some yes. extra on the side. And he goes right back into the nutshuck. Like nothing happened. Oh, it's, it's fucking beautiful. It's so funny. It's so good. I can't even, it's, it's so good. I don't even have words to tell you how good it is. All right. Well, we get to the other big part. Like, again, like we could talk about this forever, but let's get to the big parts. Uh, yes. All of a sudden. Uh, well, the, okay. The bullhorn, the bullhorn, the bullhorn comes horn. in at the end yeah. and beats up the guy and accidentally on purpose slaps the guy and it immediately changes to a different dude. <laughs> yeah. And who <laughs> yells at him. But this thing is amazing. They, they cut the music, right? And again, the music <laughs> yeah. in the film is amazing. But I mean, you know, they got that. They got that 1970s brass, like, going, bump, 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 like, playing. <laughs> yep. And then Bullhorn, like, connects, and it's just like, and Buddy's just like, motherfucker. Motherfucker. <laughs> and then it cuts, and it's the same, same suit and a different dude. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, I, that was one of the things, the first time I watched it, I paused the movie because I had to walk away and laugh. <laughs> Yes. I couldn't stay in the room. I had to pause and we'd be like, that was fucking incredible. Like, I have to go for a drink or something. That's unbelievable. <laughs> they just did that. <laughs> yeah. That and then Bullhorn. Like, the, the thing that's so great about Bullhorn is he's 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 always doing those rhymes, right? Yep. Oh, you're corn-fed fool with a lot of muscle mass. That was <laughs> Bullhorn to get up in that ass. <laughs> like, my eyes, like, were wet. Like, just... <laughs> Just soaked the entire film. Oh, so, Jesus. Know, it's, 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 it's a perfect movie. It really is. So Chicago Wind uh, leaves. Black Dynamite chases him. And there's an the incredible car chase scene where Chicago Wind is looking back at Black Dynamite chasing him and not looking at the road fucking at all around corners and shit. Like, giving a monologue like, out the back fucking window. <laughs> yeah, that's what they call me, Chicago Wind, fool. Because I left your ass blowing in the breeze. <laughs> I, by the way, that actor, Mike Kelty Williamson, I love that dude. He was awesome. He's been acting forever and ever. He's been in everything. I fucking love that dude in Heat. Yes. So good in Heat. You know, I paid your ass all night. I fucking hate paging. Like, it's <laughs> such a good film. I got to rewatch Heat. Oh, Heat's speaking of perfect films. I've been watching that movie once a year since 95, so. Yeah, it's amazing. It's such a good film. Okay, so Chicago Wind gets killed off the cliff. Then we go to the community meeting where Black Dynamite meets Gloria and he ends up, Black Dynamite, going to a black militant's headquarters to connect with his contact, Saheed, yeah. to get information on the bullet casing, which was found at his brother's murder. They found out, they find that it's government issue and Black Dynamite goes to confront O'Leary where he learns that Jimmy was working undercover for the CIA. Okay, so first I just have to say when uh, Black Dynamite tosses the bullet casing on O'Leary's desk. <laughs> but he yeah. just walks in and he's like what is it and he's like this and he just like throws his hand up in the air and holds it and, <laughs> and the music plays don 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 like that that was hilarious it was so good it's the everything uh, again this is going to be a nine-hour podcast because man like the meeting is good where gloria and the the congressman are talking that's that's fun and that's where you get the great you know i am smiling line yeah. yes <laughs> But the scene where he goes and sneaks, quote unquote, sneaks into the black militants headquarters 
that this is like the highlight of the film for me in so many ways. <laughs> oh my god. This is where we get the introduction of the character who and again, this is the three levels deep where the actor is playing an actor in a black exploitation film in the 70s who doesn't know how to act because you can tell because he's reading the line directions from the script in the movie itself. And yes. you don't really I certainly didn't catch that with the exception of the one line that you kind of tipped me off about, which is in this scene. But he does it at least three times yeah. that I caught in the movie. It's so fucking good that it's, it's, it's one of those things that keeps paying off. It's like a fucking Easter egg in the movie so, that never gets yeah, old. For anybody who hasn't seen it, like Black Dynamite walks in and the guy stands up and says, Excuse me, brothers. The militants turn startled. This is private. How'd you get in here? Uh, and and it's cued to the music too. So like the editing's <laughs> tight on this. It's like ba ba ba, and he's like the militants turn startled, and <laughs> then he turns startled as Black Dynamite walks with the, the other, other room. two. So he's yeah he's he's thinking it's his line, but it's actually his his screen direction. Stage direction, and he's, <laughs> and he's reading it. It's so incredible because when Black Dynamite says the reaction no, go ahead, go ahead. that Black Dynamite gives, I was going to say like, soon he's like, it's perfect. The yeah. turns startled and he turns around and he's like, how'd you get in here? And Michael Jai White is like processing the fact that he just said the militants <laughs> turned startled. Yes. And he's just slightly looking off camera to where the director is. And he's like, yes. I walked in. <laughs> and then they proceed with the scene where he's you know they say some lines and then michael jai white as black dynamite says well, let me speak to the man in charge sarcastically i'm in charge yes <laughs> and michael jai white at that point because he already knows that guy fucked up literally stops and turns <laughs> To where the director would be and looks like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't say it. You can see it on his face. Yeah. Like, what the fuck am I dealing with? Yeah. And turns back and then staggers yeah. through this next line. <laughs> yeah. He just. Oh my fucking God. Like, sarcastically, I'm in charge. And he just turns <laughs> and he's like, uh, if you were in charge. Like, <laughs> oh, God damn. It's one of the best things about the whole movie is this dude. I, yeah. I should have written his name down. I didn't write his name down. God damn it. But. Fuck yeah. that dude's perfect. And he, Michael Jai White, like you said, a hundred credits to him. Like, yeah, like he interacts like Michael Jai White is legitimately interacting like Ferrante Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Would with an actor who's yeah. fucking up his lines. Exactly. exactly. And they know they don't have another take. <laughs> yeah. And right? they and they have to keep going. <laughs> do you remember the usual suspects? Oh yes. Obviously you do. There's a scene in that movie where that moment happens for real. Did you know that? Oh, uh, the cigarette and Redfoot? No, no, no. When when Kobayashi is at the pool hall and he's bringing them all the, the packets that he has on all of them with the information on all of them. Yeah. And there's a scene in there where everybody has all their information and they finally learn about Kaiser Soze, right? And you know how Benicio Del Toro has that fucked up accent that makes no sense at all? Yeah, it's not even... <laughs> and, it's not even real. And all the other actors, right? Stephen Baldwin and fucking uh, Kevin Spacey and Gabriel Byrne and, and uh, Kevin Pollack, all those guys are like, what the fuck is this dude doing? Like, why is this an acting choice he's making? And at one point, because 
Benicio del Toro and Stephen Baldwin's characters in the movie work together, right? So they find out all this shit about Kaiser Soze has all this information on them, and Benicio del Toro goes, Soze, when did that guy we run driving back in New York? <laughs> and Stephen Baldwin legitimately looks off camera where the fucking director is, as if to go, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> There's a fucking making of documentary where Stephen Baldwin says, I looked at the director like, what am I doing with this? And the director just kind of looked back at Del Toro. So Baldwin just carried on with the fucking scene. Like everybody knew that he said, Soze, isn't that that guy we used to run guns with back in New York? But nobody knew what the fuck he said. It's so funny when you watch the movie now and you see Baldwin look off. It's fucking incredible. <laughs> that is so good. I'll have to rewatch it. Oh I do know God. that when they, when he, uh, uh, when Redfoot flicked the cigarette, um, yes. and actually hit him in the eye, <laughs> in like the eyeball, in the like... fucking eye with the lit cigarette. And that was actually just, you know, ad libbed. But they kept it in because he just flicks it and hits him in the eye and he's like, oh, fuck. And you're just like, Jesus, that looks so real. And it's like, yeah, because it was. He was supposed to hit him in the chest with it and he fucking went high and hit him in the in the fucking retina. Like, pop, and it exploded in this fucking explosion of sparks in his eye. Yeah, yeah, that movie's awesome. Anyway, yeah, getting back to the reactions here. They go back yes. in. He meets up with uh, Saeed. And yep. uh, they they find out it's government issue. Then he goes to O'Leary. O'Leary reveals that Jimmy was actually working for them because he wanted to be more like uh, Black Dynamite. Black and he Dynamite. Was, uh, he was undercover. The shell casing was an AR forty eight. <laughs> okay, and I have to I have to say, let, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about Jimmy for a second because we only see Jimmy for a few seconds in the film. Yes. But this is one of those instances where. At the very beginning where they where they introduced Jimmy, he's like, all right, you jive suckers. I ain't no. Yeah. So that really harkens to the fact that they would just hire anybody who was who was black in the black exploitation films to play like criminals and thugs or what have you. But these guys were <laughs> yeah. like Broadway guys or dancers or like, they didn't give a shit. So when these guys <laughs> actually delivered their lines, he's like, I'm going back to where I've come from, from the streets. <laughs> like, so I, I'm just going to take a second to give hats off to Jimmy because of course that actor was playing an actor trying to play a thug, but couldn't do it properly. So a hundred percent. 10 out of 10. It would be, yeah. They would get anybody who would work for 10 bucks in food services, basically. Yeah. I told you, I ain't no snitch. Like, (laughs) it was awesome. It's so good. It's perfect. Perfect casting for him. Perfect writing. The writing's great. Like, we we keep saying hats off to Michael Jai White, but for sure, him and the, uh, I forget who the other writer was, and that sucks. Well, you had Scott Sanders. Yes. And uh, Byron Minns. So, just an absolute trifecta. And yeah, if you if you if run. you have the Blu-ray, like just the the commentary on this is amazing. They're cracking up the whole time, and it's just oh, awesome. I gotta I gotta pick that up after I've rented this because that's there's no way I'm not watching this a thousand more times. Yeah. Okay, so we get mob boss Raffelli, who decides now that Black Dynamite is going after the people that took out his brother. Raffelli's going to bring in some heavy hitters <clears throat> to take Black Dynamite out. 
Uh, Black Dynamite goes to Jimmy's apartment where he's ambushed by two thugs. He gets shot. He goes to the hospital where he meets Gloria again and learns that Smack has infected the orphanage where she works. He takes Gloria to Roscoe's Chili and Donuts where a hit is attempted on Gloria. He takes Gloria to Honeybee's place for some safekeeping and then goes to a pimp meetup to declare war on the dealers. All right. So let's. All right. In keeping with keeping the time moving forward. Yep. Let's talk about uh him taking gloria to honeybee for protection and then yep. the pimp council okay so he t- <laughs> i'm sorry i can't not laugh at this because he takes gloria to honeybee for safekeeping with all of the other hoes that he's you know has under his wings <laughs> and gloria seems to think that this might be a little bit too much and perhaps they should go to the police and this is where we get an incredible line <laughs> Where Black Dynamite says, Dynamite, are you sure about this? Maybe we should just call the police. No, mama. You could bet your sweet ass and half a titty. Whoever put that hit out on you already got the cops in their back pocket. That line uh, cracks me up so much because he goes, you bet your sweet ass and half a titty. Because he says it so fast, right? <laughs> yeah. And when he says that the actress that plays Gloria just kind of looks down at her chest. And yes. I- and the other actress who plays Honeybee looks at Gloria's chest. <laughs> yes. The two of them do. They're like, what's, what's he talking about? <laughs> it was so funny and then he was like don't worry mama he's like i'm gonna rake up the roots shake up the it's and scrape up the fruits and he starts going on and on he's like don't worry about and then uh from around the corner you hear uh black dynamite's gonna make everything all right and that this is the this is the major shift change in the film because for yes. the first time black dynamite loses he's like oh, all right euphoria shut the fuck shut the fuck up i know what you i don't even gotta look <laughs> he gets very angry at euphoria very angry you want me to send you back to crenshaw beat with his hot ass coast hangers bitch would you like that like no black dynamite i'm sorry and he's just and then michael jai white is just staring there like with the this thousand yard stare uh, <laughs> immediately after that interaction which i thought was like I, I i can't even describe i don't even know what happened in the film there but i i just uh i just lost it i thought it was amazing oh it's so funny it makes me think of uh that movie that we watched <clears throat> that documentary we watched uh american pimp oh yes where a million years ago we watched that and we thought initially that oh these guys are hilarious until we learned like oh they're pieces of shit pimps like yeah (laughs) they're actually not great guys at all like they're shitty guys but with the nicknames and the way they talked like a lot of that stuff came back in this as well with the, the sort of quick talking and the stupid little rhymey way they talk and stuff but black dynamite does it for comedic effect and it's it's perfect again it's it's perfect the way he does it so roll into the, the to the pimp council. Oh my god, the pimp council. So this is where you get a couple of cameos uh of all the pimps sitting around. Arsenio Hall's there, John Sally is there. Yes. Um but these guys are sitting around and they're all dressed like pimps and they're all talking about how to, <laughs> the, how bad business is at the moment. <laughs> See, but there's two things about this particular scene. Number one. A, that's a legit house that they found in L.A. that's still decorated that way. For real? For real. Like, like the the location scout, like, found this place, and they just it's fucking like walked in and shot. That, they... that is, like, somebody's house in Los Angeles is the pimp council. There's no way you don't have tours there for that. And two, that scene is completely ripped from the exploitation film Willie Dynamite 
almost verbatim. Like it's so, it's so good that again, they're just basically borrowing from these films and just doing it a way that doing it in a way that's uh, so much better and so much funnier in, in this context of, uh, of this film, Black Dynamite. It's so funny when that, when that one guy says it's my physical reality. Physical. <laughs> this is the worst physical, physical year physical. ever. This is the worst physical year ever. Fiscal brother. Fiscal with an F. <laughs> Cindy Hall just leans in. Fiscal yeah. with an F. <laughs> and then Black Dynamite shows up and just starts talking about how he's declaring war on anybody who sells drugs in the community. <laughs> and Cedric Yarborough is talking giddy up. For Black Dynamite, I sell drugs to the community. <laughs> chocolate giddy up chocolate giddy up but you know like they've got uh the the names of the pimps they've got kotex they've got mo bitches they've got um uh crenshaw pete uh yep. captain kangaroo pimp and who is actually captain kangaroo <laughs> like, <laughs> in in willie dynamite they're going around and talking about all the pimps and they're they're dressed similarly and you know like uh where crenshaw pete points there's another pimp that points but there's a white pimp in there that they call Milky Way. In uh, <laughs> so he's going through Willie Dynamite. They're naming off all the pimps, and he's like Milky Way. <laughs> like anyway, it's 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 ripped right from it. It's so good. But I love how they take what normally would be, you know, if you're a pimp and you're going to name yourself, you're going to name yourself something cool, you know, like the the ones from American Pimp. We're all like, you know, Jimmy Red or whatever it was with Kenny Red, Kenny Red, Bishop with- Don, Magic Wand. Uh, right, uh, Fillmore Slim, gorgeous, like the... gorgeous Dre, Fillmore Slim. Uh, yeah, Bishop Kenny Red was my favorite. Right, like okay, not to get off topic, but you're watching American Pimp. Kenny Red walks into the barber shop, and the barber's like, "Kenny Red, what's <laughs> up?" And he goes, "Ah, oh, same old soup, just reheated." <laughs> like, <laughs> but, like they've got an answer for everything. Like, they... yep, which is why he became a telemarketer in the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, right? that was he always could talk. Oh, that was Rosebud, right, with a double D for a double dose of this pimp. Yeah, Rosebud. He goes, you got to have a mouth like a double clip Uzi. <laughs> but I like how they take the nicknames, and in this movie, they're all stupid. Like, with the yes. possible exception of Crenshaw Pete, like, no pimp's going to call himself Tampax. Do you know Cotex. what I mean? Like, Kotex, I'm sorry, Kotex, close enough. Kotex, and John Sally, who's six foot ten or some shit, is Kotex. <laughs> so after the pimp meet up, and Black Dynamite declares war on the dealers. Uh, Bullhorn and Creamcorn show up. There's an incredible montage. The music is fucking on point. Yeah. And this completely. is where you get the helicopter magnet where Black Dynamite ends up killing Raffelli, throwing him off the exact same cliff. And then we get into the whole Black Dynamite takes Gloria to the park. They become close and they have wicked cartoon sex. Uh, then the crew goes to the restaurant where they brainstorm and figure out the plan that Anaconda Malt live liquor gives you a little dick. This, black and uh, this is, black dynamite and his crew go to break into the warehouse. That scene of the diner, like it goes on, and the fact that the fact that they took like a trope in movies where like they hide, you know, like the the nefarious characters, you know, hide their master plan in some sort of code. Uh, yep. They just took it way too far, which made it funnier and funnier. You know what I mean? Like they just kept, yes, they just kept going and going. Oh my god, where Black Dynamite was leading them all along through the clues. Oh yeah, take Mars, drop the S, and spell it backwards. Ram, like just like just yeah. like so. What's the astrological crazy. sign? <laughs> oh, it's Aries. a Ram. Yeah, Aries. Aries. <laughs> like 
I don't I don't want to get into it because I know I don't, I don't want to chew up too much time. But that that yeah. scene is is like a trope in so many films. And yeah. anyway, he just took it over the top. You know, yeah, three pointer. It's very much very much like what Austin Powers does. Yes. In kind of his move in in Mike Myers' Austin Powers movies, he, they just they do that and they do the same thing, right? Well, why don't you just kill me now? Oh no no no! I've got this elaborate plan that I'm going to do. Blah blah blah. Yes, and they take it and just do it perfectly to the to the point of of absurdity, which is perfect. So then they have to go to the warehouse and they break in and they interrogate the the uh, person there where they give him the truth serum and they find out about Operation Code Kansas, which leads to what we just talked about. The wrap up is so Black Dynamite has to confront the warehouse people and he ends up finding out that O'Leary is in on the whole thing. He ends up killing O'Leary. Then we find out that Black Dynamite speaks Chinese and they have to go to Kung Fu Island where they have to fight Dr. Wu. Some of the crew get killed. Black Dynamite gets the information out of Dr. Wu that the treachery goes to the highest of the high levels. Black Dynamite and Cream Corn fly the helicopter to the White House. Black Dynamite gets inside eventually has to fight Richard Nixon and the first lady only to be helped out by the ghost of Abraham Lincoln ending up with black dynamite apologizing to the first lady. Gloria shows up heroic pose credits. Mm. So we got to go back to black dynamite speaks Chinese and finding out about O'Leary first. Well, yeah, first of all, (laughs) Kung Fu Island is incredible. So once they get to Kung Fu Island, like at this point, they still don't know the, mystery as to who's behind this and and what's happening yes wait do they i'm sorry i gotta back up do they go to the warehouses they go to the warehouses before they go to kung fu island we haven't talked about the warehouse scene no i i back here where they figure out the the plan about uh anaconda malt liquor gives you a little dick holy cow we have to go to the warehouse and break yes. out and stop the distribution. I, 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 we 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 have to roll back. I'm sorry, but with the warehouse, yeah, no, we got it. Absolutely we, hilarious because that one guy is drinking the anaconda, right. anaconda malt liquor, <laughs> and at the end of the diner scene, they're just like, and, and what about, what does little Richard say? Woo! And <laughs> what's another word for Richard? Oh, <gasps> Dick. Anaconda malt liquor gives you a small dick. dick. (laughs) When they showed up and that little tiny fucking dick they had coming out of the top of that guy's pants, like, (laughs) and he's just sitting there all fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And Bullhorn is like, "Do you want to (laughs) live? Do you want (laughs) to go on? (laughs) Like the music drops were just." Well, and when they walk in and they see the guy sitting on the couch with his little dick, and Black Dynamite just looks at him and goes. Should we kill him? Because <laughs> apparently you should die for a little dick, apparently. <laughs> but then Bullhorn comes and says, I want to live. <laughs> and yeah. they fucking kill the guy. They fucking oh. straight kill him. All right, Thanks. so now, yeah, let's go to Kung Fu Island. Sorry, I just had to, I had to go yes. back there because that was shockingly funny. They go to Kung Fu Island. We go to Kung Fu Island and they're sneaking into Kung Fu Island where we get the last of the, of the line direction reads. Yes. <laughs> Where the one guy that's been doing that the whole time basically says, Back home, I'm retired from the revolution. Start a family. Shows picture. That's better, Joe. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Back home in the country. Shows picture. He says <laughs> he shows, shows picture when he, he shows said. the picture. <laughs> but then, because he said he's going to retire, of course, he of immediately course he gets does. killed. Immediately. Just like 
every movie. Yeah, a huge spear, and then they all look up blind. They all look <laughs> in different directions. Black Dynamite goes into me to see where that came from, and they all point like up and to the right, where it definitely did not come from. Yes, <laughs> and then they all split up in different directions. <laughs> and then I think two of them at least get killed with throwing stars immediately. Yes. And cream corn gets a, a shuriken in the hand and then black dynamite and bullhorn end up coming face to face with fiendish Dr. Wu fiendish Dr. Wu and a bunch of hands. There's several lines here. There's several lines here when he meets oh. fiendish Dr. Wu. This <laughs> I love that his name is, is fiendish Dr. Wu. Yeah, first of all, this is, this is masterful, masterful fucking writing because yes, when, First, when he finds out that it's actually fiendish Dr. Wu, and I'm not going to be able to get it 100% correct, but he was like, Your knowledge of scientific biological transmogrifications is only outmatched by your zest for kung fu treachery. <laughs> your scientific knowledge of biological transmogrification is only matched by your zest for kung fu treachery. Like... <laughs> I like it's, I it's I was perfect. doubled over laughing yes. at that, and then Bullhorn decides that he's gonna fucking you know take out fiendish Doctor Wu. Fiendish Doctor Wu throws the boomerang, goes off screen, comes back, and this shot, like as it, I, I know it's <laughs> it's a comedic shot. Bullhorn's yep. head falls off, <laughs> yes. but Michael Jai White drops to the ground and catches the head like just like two <laughs> inches off the ground like and it's yep. framed up properly like it's done really really well like you it's know done aside, really well. all all jokes aside like his yep. head comes off michael jai white ducks down the camera jibs down and he actually catches the head like an inch off the floor which i thought was just gold it's impressive it's impressively done and then he, he has that long speech <laughs> Yeah, about oh, bullhorn. At long last, a friendship bonded by the struggle against a man has been brought to an end by kung fu treachery. Brother, your death will not go unavenged. Fiendish Dr. Wu, you done fucked up now. Oh, Fiendish Dr. Wu, you done <laughs> fucked up now. <laughs> His voice cracked. That, that part made me die. When his voice went up and you done fucked up now. Yeah. <laughs> he can tell he just lost his shit. <laughs> but then the, the henchman, it's so good because Dr. Wu just goes, get him. <laughs> like he's bored. He just tells his henchman to get him. Like, I can get him. <laughs> and fucking Black Dynamite just tosses Bullhorn's head to the side <laughs> and starts whooping ass on the henchman. Yeah, he throws the head. <laughs> there's there's this scene where, like, fiendish Dr. Wu is like, he was... <laughs> He was uh, he was commissioned to come up with a serum that would make white man's dicks bigger, and yep. and uh, they they couldn't it did and, the opposite you know it did the opposite effect. But there's a line where Michael Jai White is standing there right, and he's smoldering, he's fuming right, and he just <laughs> he just blurts out, "O'Leary, you son of a bitch! I should have known it was you. You should have." You were too busy saving your precious ghetto and trying to lay that orphan mama to not see what was right in front of your face. You diabolical dick-shrinking motherfuckers. Oh, that was back with O'Leary. Yes, back with O'Leary. That's right. I for- We jumped over that. That was hilarious. When he says, yeah, O'Leary, yeah, O'Leary's doing the exposition explaining it. And when and Black Dynamite's response is, you diabolical dick-shrinking motherfuckers. <laughs> like... <laughs> 
there's a million, a million quotable lines in this movie. It's the the sort of black exploitation version or fake black exploitation version of Anchorman. Yeah, where like every every eight seconds there's a quotable line. Oh, it's just a, it's it's a nonstop hit parade. So, uh, oh. fiendish Doctor Wu fucks off. He runs yep. off, uh, leaving Black Dynamite to take out a few henchmen. He takes out that last henchman with the fucking fingers to the eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. Now listen, listen. <laughs> I have searched what I'm about to say next. I have searched everywhere, and you're not going to be able to answer me now. But you're going to have to okay. go back and watch uh, the film. Okay, when he he sends because uh, he looks at his henchman, the last henchman, and he's like, "What the fuck?" Right? Because he's standing right over his shoulder. He goes out, black dynamite. Um, you know, it's like, uh, can you see what I'm saying, you job motherfucker? And pokes his eyes out. Yes, fiendish Doctor Wu is in the room by himself, waiting for the henchman to return. Yes, I swear to God, I watched it a million times. Fiendish Dr. Wu says, Fung Wai Sure come out from Bruce Lee, Chinese Connection. Really? Yes. I, well, that, it's, got, it's got to be a nod to it then, right? It's got to be because do you remember when uh, he's in the kitchen after teacher was poisoned by the biscuits, Bruce Lee is like, yes. Fung Wai Sure, come out. Fung yeah. Wai Sure, come out. <laughs> and they say it because yeah. they have to match Bruce Lee's mouth, right? Yes, exactly. Um, I swear to God, Doctor Wu says, "Fung Wai sure come out." He has to. There's no. Way I I played that. it over and over again, and I'm like, "Fuck, I'm I'm quite confident that he says that." So you go back, and if there's anybody listening to this, I looked it up on the internet to try to find if anybody else noticed it. I couldn't find it anywhere, so maybe somebody mm. else has noticed it. But yeah, Doctor Wu says that line from Chinese Connection. Oh my uh, God! But this scene coming up where Black Dynamite goes and finally fights fiendish Dr. Wu, but he runs in. And he, he like beats Dr. Wu. He kicks him a little bit and Dr. Wu stands up and grabs the suitcase. And then the fucking boomerang comes in from off screen and cuts his arm off and black dynamite goes, Ha-ha! I threw that shit before I walked in the room. <laughs> that was one of the best. I totally oh. missed that. The first time I watched it, the second time I watched it, I fucking, pissed myself yeah. laughing it was so funny ha through that shit that walked shit in the room, walked in the room. <laughs> but even earlier when he fights fiendish dr Wu, there's a moment where dr Wu like twists his ankle and he just yes. fucking he just grabs his ankle and just kind of awkwardly smiles for like yes he's like ah ah and he just holds like he actually kind of hurt himself a little yeah. bit like yeah. oh fuck oh fuck yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's it's there's no bad parts of this movie. There's really not. It's not slow anywhere. It's not draggy. It doesn't it, it doesn't falter anywhere. And we we are skipping so much like in order to keep this on time. Uh, dude, I could do another hour on this on this movie. We're skipping over yeah. so much. Like, well, we might have to do it again in like episode 100 or some shit, you know. So anyway, we find out now that this shit goes all the way to the top and Black Dynamite and Cream Corn, after beating fiendish Dr. Woman, lighting him on fucking fire, they go to the White House. Okay, hold on, though. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta talk about Cream Corn and Black Dynamite getting in the helicopter. <laughs> and he's like, Cream Corn, give me a hairpin! <laughs> and Cream Corn <laughs> pulls out the hairpin. And he, like, looks at him, 
and then throws it like I don't know, like <laughs> twenty yards. Black Dynamite just catches it, ting! Like all of that goddamn posing. Like anyway, again, it's, we have oh, to skip so they, much, but yeah. So they fly to the White House. Of course, the Secret Service guards come out. Black Dynamite jumps out in a parachute, and sadly, Cream Corn gets fucking rocket launcher out of the sky. <laughs> Black Dynamite, cream corn! <laughs> so he lands, he kicks the ass out of a bunch of the the uh, Secret Service guys, and he goes inside immediately in a broom closet, changes into his fucking custom yes. fit suit. <laughs> and then he ends up having to burst into the White House main room and beat the shit out of Richard Nixon, who puts up a fucking good fight, by the way, yeah. with nunchucks. <laughs> and that actor who played Richard Nixon did a damn good job. He was awesome. He was like, he was I, can awesome explain. I can explain. I can explain. Yeah! <laughs> then he just whips out the nunchucks. <laughs> they have the great. big nunchuck fight. Um, he ends up punching the living fuck out of Richard Nixon on the floor. The first lady ends up shooting a plate out of his hand. <laughs> and yeah. he, as you, as you will have heard in the opening to the podcast, he does the quote of, he, well, not the quote yet. He just slaps her into the fucking China cabinet. <laughs> and, uh, is that yet? No. What the fuck? When does Abraham Lincoln come out? <laughs> oh, in the fight with Nixon. Yes. Before he punches Nixon and finishes him. Yeah. Nixon grabs the uh, the Derringer off the wall, breaks the glass, and <laughs> Abraham Lincoln just shows up and karate chops it out of his hand, allowing Black Dynamite to whoop his ass. Then, wow. First Lady gets slapped, pimp slapped into the China cabinet, and... Black Dynamite goes back and finishes Nixon off, basically finishing the movie, but then he feels bad. So he goes back and apologizes. First lady on the head. (laughs) I'm sorry I pimp slapped you into the China cab. I tried to kill you. Sometimes I used excessive force. (laughs) Sometimes I used excessive force. But I tried to kill you. This is true. And then she's like, Black Dynamite, you're so righteous. This is also true. Like... (laughs) And then Gloria shows up out of nowhere yes. and grabs his leg and he gives his little speech at the end. I'll, you know, wherever there's injustice, black dynamite will be there. And he's got his gun and his nunchucks. And then the first lady grabs his other leg and you've got this crazy Boris Vallejo. She fucking... awkwardly slides into. <laughs> grabs his leg. Yeah, Nicole Sullivan was excellent in that. Like absolutely oh, fantastic. She played her role so well. She was great. Oh, everybody, everybody. There wasn't a weak link in the whole movie. Yeah, nobody, nobody was, nobody was piss poor in that. And we legit skipped over like so much, but it's such a fantastic movie. Like we were, we were going at a breakneck speed here, just trying to hit the main points, uh, which just goes to show that, you know, there's no fat in this, in this movie. It's, it's all meat. It's all fantastic. Yeah. There's no, I, this is one of those films where, you know, there's, there's, there's a bunch of movies where if they happens to come on TV or, you know, if I if I happen to come in when somebody else is watching it and it's at a certain point, then I think like, OK, well, I'm going to watch the rest of this because it's all awesome. Yes. Right. Or I got to watch the next 10 minutes or whatever because it's awesome. There's no point in this movie that's not that. Like every time you walk in, yes. like, oh, well, I got to stay and watch this. And I'm watching the rest of it then. Like I'm there for the next 90 minutes because the whole fucking movie's awesome. Oh, yeah. The movie's the movie's complete gold, like complete gold. Yeah. And just littered with uh, one-liners. So um, let's let's just do a, a breakdown on the uh, on our fists here. All right. So yeah, let's break down in fists what this movie ranks. 
So if we're looking at what acting, martial arts, and soundtrack. Yes. And then overall, or are we doing just the three? No, let's do uh, acting, martial arts, soundtrack, and then overall. Beautiful. Well, this is going to be an easy one. I'll tell you right now, <laughs> because if you're looking at martial arts from both a legitimate martial arts perspective and from a kind of fake fight martial arts, black exploitation, I can't fight, but I'm going to make it funny perspective. They're both five out of five. Yes. I also give five out of five for both those reasons, because bullhorns fucked up <laughs> one arm over his head, one arm under his head. Like, I don't even know what that is. Like, you know, I've studied one martial art and I've, I've watched movies with like, I don't know, 40 and I've never seen that. So. Well, and that weird at the end when he does his little line about I'm a bullhorn going to get up in that ass. And then he just throws his head to the side in this weird way. He he flicks his hat. So, yeah, as far as I I give the martial arts in this film five fists out of five fists. Yeah, just easily, easily. It was great. Um, The other thing about the martial arts in this film is the the foley the sound effects that they did with all of the impacts like were yes. the same like which was awesome but they were just like like really in your face like whoopsh, whoopsh. yeah it was it was just like somebody was like slapping a pair of uh slippers behind <laughs> like off camera which they probably were <laughs> or or somebody like slapping a steak on a formica tabletop like <laughs> yes. it just really resonated which a i cold whap I liked in this uh, scenario. So yeah, I will give the martial arts in this film five fists out of five fists. Absolutely. And you know, again, this is going to be easy because if you look at acting, it's the same. Everybody is acting on at least two levels, whether an actor playing a fake actor in a fake black exploitation movie. Yes. And they all do it really well. And Michael Jai White is three deep and he pulls it off without a hitch at all. It's, yeah, he's really, really, really impressive. So well in this movie, like every time he kind of looks off screen or he looks up at the uh, he looks up at the boom mic, like he does it so well. So again, um, it has to be five fists out of five fists for acting because yeah. it's tip top here. Like even the it stuff is. that's supposed to be bad is you have to be good enough of an actor to do bad acting, if that makes sense. I was just about to make that exact point. Like yeah. being a bad actor. Okay. Look, you're a bad actor. That's okay. Everybody's bad when they start. And some people just never kind of progress from that. And that's fine. If you're an actor and you do that, whatever, that's your, that's your thing. But to be a good actor and then be a good actor at being a bad actor is it's hard. It's a legitimately difficult skill to do. And yeah. everybody pulls it off. Everybody pulls it off in this movie. who tries to do it. Yeah. Especially Michael Jai White. Like he, yes. I'm just going to say like Michael Jai White does it better than anyone. But I mean, even those militants, like well, sarcastically, I'm in charge. Like yeah. they do it. <laughs> he does it like again, without any <laughs> wink to the audience. Cause a lot of people would actually miss that. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of people yep. that actually miss the fact that he is actually reading his direction as his lines. So yes. Yeah, I have to give it five out of five fists. Yeah, money, 100% money. And then soundtrack, uh, we didn't even really touch on the soundtrack for this entire podcast. This soundtrack, I, I, it, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. It's so good. Like, we made fun 
of the Kickboxer soundtrack because oh, it was so too on the nose. Yeah, for being the... too on the nose, but it worked. Do you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it fit the film. This when he's like, you know, I got my my Jimmy, my brother Jimmy got killed. I got to go to his apartment, and check out what's happening. Jimmy's apartment. Like yeah. it's literally saying, I'm at Jimmy's yeah. apartment. Don't go to my dead brother Jimmy's apartment. Somebody broke into Jimmy's pad. Are they still there? Something could be in your way. In the streets. In the streets. <laughs> and then he's talking about, you know, it's like, I can't remember exactly what it is. So like, maybe they're still there. Like, they're, yes, they're, that's right. <laughs> the song is legitimately the exposition for the film. <laughs> Jimmy's pad. <laughs> yeah. <And> then, <laughs> like all of the scenes where they play like boom 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 and then like dynamite dynamite like oh every time he comes it, in like they nail it every time he walks in um so not only is the soundtrack great but it's executed perfectly in the oh, film flawlessly like flawlessly it has to be 5 out of 5 anybody who says less like i don't think there's anything you could do better with the soundtrack and when i say soundtrack i'm talking about the sound effects and the foley and everything that goes with it yes they knocked it out of the park it has to be a five out of five yeah there's no way that this is this is not a a perfect score movie on my end and and obviously on your end too like there's no way it's not it's it's everything about this movie is awesome everything so it's just the perfect score it's the work and the the respect they respect it but they're laughing at it at the same time just you know yeah. that, that's what i mean like you know i love uh disco godfather and dolomite and shaft and fucking shaft big score and shaft in africa like i watched all those yep. films and i love those films but i see them for what they are as flawed films yeah. and that's what these guys did such a fantastic job of doing is um you know like honestly creating <clears throat> that flawed film and they did it perfectly yeah, and and combining, like you said, there's a respect there because while they're flawed, they're also super important films. Yes, right for that for the entire like black cinema community and that entire genre. Those early films, like like if if you go back and watch Sweet Sweetbacks, badass song now, like fuck me, like it, flawed film, hell yeah, yeah, but super important, super important because it basically kicked off everything. And they see that and then they're respecting that, but they're also poking fun at it, like you just said. Right. So it's, it's, it's super well done. It's, it's pulled off without, without a hitch in any capacity, I think. So yeah, hundred percent, man. Full, full points. Full points. 15 out of 15. Dynamite. 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 (laughs) Wins the prize. (laughs) So that's a wrap on that one. I think, and you can talk to me about this one. Next up for next week or the week after, whenever we can get to it, whenever we can find it, is going to be potentially Black Bell Jones sticking with yeah. the genre and moving into it. I would kind of like to, I think that's a good one for next, just to compare and contrast. Yeah, Fred Williamson, um, you know, good martial artist, um, yep. good screen presence, <clears throat> put together that film. I enjoyed it. And like I said, for me, that was the that was the stepping stone from watching martial arts films to kind of getting into that uh, genre of the black exploitation films and kind of right out of enter the dragon. Yeah. And I mean, it's not, it's, it's not a high budget film. It's like, 
it's pretty it's it's got some bad spots in it but it's got some really really good stuff some really good stuff so i i'd I'd love to do that if we can find it so yeah that's going to be next up beautiful so we'll do that uh next and i will put that up when we're recording it on the twitters and on instagram thanks everybody for downloading if you've downloaded it and checked it out that's awesome um if you can give us a review and a rating on itunes that'll bump us up a little bit and get more ears on us if you want to help us out and we will be back in a week or so with black belt jones 